0: You for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple: awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at Metalforge at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to the Metal Forge this week. I hope you all are doing awesome today i have hell wolf from black knife in lexington kentucky here on a reforged episode and we are going to be playing catch up with these dudes and to see where black knife is now and since the last time we had spoke because hey they were on at the very beginning of the pandemic like may or something like that of 2020 and it's like Holy crap, so much has happened since then, you know. I think they've put out a couple albums, but we're gonna to talk to Hellwolf here in just a few minutes. So what the hell is going on? You know, uh, I don't know if you all have seen. Uh, Ozzy had some surgery and now the Ozman has gone at home from the hospital. Supposedly he's in good recovery. He's recuperating just fine. I've always had a somewhat weird past with you know with being a fan of Ozzy. Because of, of course, because of the, you know, the whole Sharon thing, which is whatever. Uh, But it doesn't discredit his, you know, his place in music, I guess. So get well soon, Oz. You know, everybody's pulling for you. Everybody wants to see you again and go back on tour. And hopefully you will be able to do that. So uh, I did the, an adult thing here and I bought a cold brew coffee maker the other day and let me tell you it was it's odd and I love it and I think it's like my new summer thing it's like you know I love iced coffee and shit like that but like wow you know this is this is a new experience because I could do it at home it's not sitting out at like room temperature cold coffee right and I know a lot of people are like wincing at the thought of room temperature coffee (laughs) but yeah it's totally cool so, that's that's the highlight of my uh, my week, is I bought a, a cold brew coffee maker, and, and, and I'm enjoying the fucking hell out of it. So. <laughs> no, actually, that's not the highlight of my week. That comes in a really distant second place, because I actually got to meet some new awesome people here in the Metal Forge. This past Sunday, my band Overload uh, opened for Anvil, and Midnight Hellion... And White Wizard. And of course, the dudes in Anvil, so rad. I am glad to have actually got to meet Lips in person along with Chris and Rob. Uh, Rob, I thoroughly enjoyed our super long conversation about US politics and, you know, just the state of things in the world today. Super rad dude to talk to. I appreciate it. And Hopefully soon we'll have you here on the show as well, along with White Wizard and my new friends in Midnight Hellion, Rich Kubik. But seriously, Rich, uh, guys in Midnight Hellion and White Wizard, uh, you guys definitely have a spot here on the show whenever you want it, so come on. Let's do this. Let's get hit up when you guys come back from tour because it's going to kick ass and it's going to be awesome. And, you know, the whole deal, like Anvil and those guys, super rad. And it's like a, it's a big tour. It's like 30 days or something like that. And it's, it's really awesome to be able to do something like that prior to, you know, with gas prices, the way they are all over the world at this point. So Shit, yeah, guys. Take care out on the road. You all got this. You kicking ass and taking fucking names. That's right. So we're going to go back to the heavy metal wasteland with Jason Gardner today. And his review is a little bit of something different. It, I don't think it's necessarily an album review. I think he said that he was going to look at some U.S. festival things. So he, I know he's got a long one this week. So let's check in with Jason and see what he's got going on.
2: Hey friends, welcome back to The Wasteland. I'm going to change it up a little bit this week, talk about a subject that I feel very passionate about in the realm of rock and metal. That is U.S. festivals, what I deem uh, not very good for the music industry and talk about some comparisons to the European counterparts. But, before we get started, I just want to make sure everyone knows that these are my opinions only, not Mark's, even though it is on his podcast, and I appreciate him giving me a little bit of time to air some grievances. So let's get started with my first grievance. Grievance number one is for these big Danny Wimmer Presents US festivals. Keeping Bands Who Should Have Died A Long Time Ago Alive. So, I'm talking about bands like Papa Roach, Chevelle, Breaking Benjamin, uh, I would even say Korn, Limb Biscuit has had a resurgence for some reason. Uh, These are bands who should have been done a long time ago, but because of the need for marquee names on posters, I feel that they're kept alive uh, artificially. Uh, on life support, if you might want to say. And the harm that this does is the younger bands are not getting a fair chance to really shine in front of mass audiences because these bands are taking up air. There's a place for these kind of bands. It's called Rocklahoma. It's for older bands, you know. That's where they should be playing. But the ones, the festivals that are all the rage now, the Danny Wimmer ones or Blue Ridge Rock Fest, They have to sell tickets, and these names sell tickets. We need to get past the hierarchy of age of bands, I feel. You could take Papa Roach, and I could give you 50 underground bands that would blow the fucking doors off that band. But because they're not a well-known name, they'll never get that shot until these bands are done. So, that's my first grievance. Uh, My second grievance is... The names of the US festivals versus the European festivals. So for instance, if you had your choice in the United States, and you had to pick one festival blindly, and you had the choices of Welcome to Rockville or Hellfest, which one would you pick? I think the answer would be Hellfest, 100% of everybody listening to this podcast. It screams metal, like it, you know what you're getting, even though they have some weird bands every once in a while on Hellfest over in France, like Leonard Skinner or ZZ Top. Bands you wouldn't think of at a band called Hellfest, but I digress, they are not innocent of padding marquee names on their festivals either, but I'll get to more about that later. The name Welcome to Rockville, in particular, annoys me to no end. It sounds like they got a festival name generator, and these are the words that came out of that generator. Welcome to Rockville. This sounds like a festival set up for rock and metal cosplay weekend. For people who just think that when you take a picture at a festival, you have to stick your tongue out and throw up the devil horns. Even though most of the time, the devil horns aren't even right. You don't use your thumb. Uh, Watch a Dio video. He will teach you the way. They probably throw horns up at country festivals and rap concerts, also. Just saying. But the other ones aren't much better. Like, there is Epicenter. Used to be Carolina Rebellion. We swapped one generic name for another. There is Louder Than Life. Who knows how loud life is? I don't even know what that means. But, you know. Uh, incarceration. I, I say no more. So. The names are tailored for just casual, fair-weather rock and metal fans, as is the lineup most of the time. If you see bands on there on the lineups that you don't recognize, they're probably playing a side stage. And they're probably just playing for exposure and a pretty good meal, I would imagine. The US festivals, they don't believe in curating bands for their survival in the future. I think that's why Ozfest. Died off, and I think that's why the Rockstar Mayhem, uh, or the um, I think it was called Rockstar Mayhem Fest, uh, died off also because you know, when your biggest bands, you know, either go away or you know, you just don't want to re- repeat yourself every year, uh, you don't survive. And many of the European festivals are going strong 20 years later. Take the uh, Vulcan Open Air, for instance. I can give you an example. Montemarth has been a band for about 30 years. They've been playing the Fest off and on for about 30 years. They started off on side stages. They made it to the main stage in the afternoon. Then they made it to the main stage at night. And now they headline every so often when they have a new album out. That's called curation. That's why these festivals live, because they curate bands to play in future installments and never have to worry about the headliners. Because we're, in 20 years, Iron Maiden, Metallica, ACDC, and I guess to an extent you can say, I don't know, Def Leppard, maybe, or a band of that stature. They're not going to be around, and there's not going to be any bands to fill the spots uh, of these festivals. But, in curating your bands that play your festivals, and putting them in front of large amounts of people you can ensure that your festival will have headliners for years and years to come. I mean, in 20 years, I bet you the bands I just mentioned, or some of the newer bands I just mentioned, probably won't be around either. I know uh, Valken Open Air had Parkway Drive uh, headline a couple years ago. I think the last installment of the Valken Fest before COVID. It was controversial. I remember reading comments like, why the hell are these guys headlining? Now, I'm not a Parkway Drive fan either, but I totally get why they did it, because they need to curate bands as headliners to continue on. And also, Mm. to the European festival credit, they are all about the lifestyle versus the US who is all about the cosplay. I'm not talking about the small festivals, which I'll get to in a little bit, but you know, the the, the Danny member ones and the Blue Ridge Rock Fest, uh, that's the main ones I'm talking about, because they take up most of the attention from uh, US press. Getting back to European festivals, you know they have some serious talent that they uh, have over there. When Merciful Fate is playing a lot of the uh, festivals over there this year, and they're like third or fourth down on the bill. There's like two or three, maybe four other bands that are playing after Merciful Fate on the night they're playing, which amazes me, because Merciful Fate is a legendary band. They're huge. And uh, I bet you if they played a... uh, U.S. Fest they would probably be uh, early afternoon on the one of the main stages or possibly a side a side stage headliner. Uh, sad to say but it's probably the way it would go so let's so grievance number three here is uh, Does this really help the small bands? I? Don't believe it does really except for uh, exposure on a poster. I would say 85 to 90 percent of your uh, festival goers are just there for the festival name alone and the experience and uh, they just hang out at the main stages because they think that's where the uh, the real talented bands are and they don't want to leave loser spot you know they're not going to buy these small bands merch because they want money for beer or food or you know paying your uber driver or you know, whatever the case may be um, so these bands really I don't think get too much uh, too much out of playing these big fests on the, on the side stages. And not to mention, uh, you know, it messes up their uh, tour routing big time because they can't play a certain amount of days within a certain amount of miles before their next festival uh, appearance. So, for instance, if, uh, let's say Mark Band Overload played uh, Ro- Welcome to Rockville, which would be awesome, by the way. I'm not downing the opportunity if everyone gets it. I'm just saying, you know, looking at it from the outside, it doesn't really seem like it's the best as far as financial as far as financials go. Uh, so if Marksman Overload played uh, Welcome to Rockville and the next one, they had another festival to play in uh, North Carolina at the um, Epicenter, for instance, they would probably have to drive way out west and then come back to North Carolina, or drive way up north and come back down to North Carolina instead of just you know playing a couple shows in Georgia and South Carolina on the way to the North Carolina show. I don't know. I just, it just doesn't really seem, uh, fair to hold these, uh, smaller bands who really don't sell any tickets to the festival they are playing to hold them to the same standard as the bands that you hire to bring people in. I don't really get why they are held this to this standard, but you know, if I was a, if I was a festival promoter, I'd be like, knock yourself out guys, do what makes sense for you and your money. You know, um, go play the smaller venues in between you know two hours apart or whatever you know maximize your profits from you know the shows that you're playing and then we'll see you next weekend that's what i would that's how i would run it because i'm telling you if you have guns N' roses playing one night and you're overload there might be that one or two maybe three people who buy a ticket just to see Overload, and you'll watch Guns N' Roses later. But I'm pretty much sure the majority is buying the ticket for Guns N' Roses. To use as an example of uh, scope, as far as like how big the bands are from the headliner to the side stages. How can we curate bands to play festivals for us in the future? The answer is go to the regional fest. They're popping up everywhere. They have awesome headliners. Psychologs Vegas is probably the biggest of the small festivals, even though it's not really a small festival by any means. Uh, They have Merciful Fate playing the only U.S. appearance this year, which is absolutely killer, and hopefully they'll come and do a U.S. tour next year. Um, But yeah, they're they're popping up all over the place. There's Hell's Heroes in Texas. There's there's Disciples of Chrom up in Pennsylvania. There is uh, Ripple Fest, Texas. Um, there's Decibel um, Music and Beer Fest on in Philly and L.A. There's uh, Frost and Fire every once in a while uh, here and there, sometimes in the U.S., sometimes overseas. I played one called Heavy Mountain a few years ago. That has, that was amazing here in Asheville. There's one in Atlanta called uh, Slaughter Queue that's uh, really cool. Um, I know a couple of bands who have played that. So, you know, there's all kinds of, like, little local regional fests that are that have really good uh, talent playing. And hopefully, you know, some of these guys will be migrating over to the bigger fest one day and showing Fairweather fans that, you know, just because uh, they never heard of you don't mean you're legit. I think that's the problem is people just, if you never heard of them, they must not, they must not be any good because I've never heard of them. It's just the wrong attitude to take. Metal music, you know, has many uh, styles. There's extreme, there's satanic, there's fast, there's slow, there's there's heavy, there's, uh, I would call some of it fake, fake heavy, uh, try too hard kind of stuff, uh, overproduced, you know. But uh, getting off topic here. um, Yeah, just if you want to see bands make it into the future uh, in 20 years, be the, uh, you know, the the future headliners, uh, make sure you support these small festivals, buy their merch. You know, I'm pretty sure that the uh, venues do not keep any of the merch of these small, of these uh, bands playing versus um, why you're paying uh, 40 and 50 bucks for Iron Maiden and Metallica t-shirts uh, because the venues take a cut. And uh, they're not gonna lose any money, you are, so therefore you pay uh, way over price what they're worth. You know, you get an Iron Maiden shirt for 45, 50 bucks, to buy an overloaded shirt for ten or fifteen, might be just as cool. Although the maiden shirts are pretty awesome, and I I have bought many forty five dollar maiden shirts, uh, I'm guilty. But I still don't like paying forty five dollars for a, a t shirt, regardless. Hope I haven't uh, taken up too much of your time. I hope this has been kind of a uh, you know a food for thought kind of a rant per se. There's a lot more, but I would. I would bore you with uh, minor details and stuff, so we'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, so remember during this festival season, whether you go to a corporate fest or a regional independent fest, stay safe, stay hydrated, and stay happy. And we will talk to you next time.
0: Dude, Jason, thank you so much for the heavy metal wasteland this week. You know, you and I talked about this a few weeks back when I was on your show, uh, the Alehorn podcast. And, you know, I very much feel the same way. A lot of um, the U.S. festival things, when they're like three and four days long, it's just it just does a disservice to a lot of the bands playing the shows, unless you're a huge band like... You know, a Metallica or a Judas Priest or somebody like that, which is when I saw them last year at Louder Than Life. But yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal, man. And like, I just really do wish that, you know, American festivals could be as big as like a Walkin' Festival or anything like that, or a Bloodstock, you know, or like, or what was a or now Download Fest, which was, uh, uh, Donington Festival at the, back in the day, so hell yeah, dude! I, I'm. You and I share a lot of the same viewpoints. Let's just say that. But anyways, let's go ahead and get into some old school Black Knife. We are gonna go back to the Spellcaster album. This is
3: Full Moon
0: Suicide. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus you <laughs> Metalheads, this is a reforged episode, and the let me give you the rundown of a reforged episode here really fast. Is this is a person who has been on the show previous, but it's been a while, it's been some time. So this week I have Hellwolf from the band Black Knife, among other things, I'm a Glass Coffin, and so on and so forth. Dude,
4: what the fuck is up? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh,
0: man, dude, I am doing pretty fucking good. What can I say? I mean, you know, just everything in general has just been awesome as of late, music scene-wise. I think it's now that the pandemic is somewhat over, you know, I say somewhat Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's still people. I mean, you still have the risk of getting COVID, but it's a lot more, you know accepted on on how you should do things and how you you know how you should take care of yourself etc so now that we're mm. out playing shows again how the fuck's everything going with that
4: oh well man we are going full steam ahead uh, we're trying to make up for any lost time and we just got the uh, the foot on the gas all the way um so we've got another drummer who's uh joined us and um he's jumped right in when we needed a drummer so we never really missed a beat and. uh shows we were kind of between drummers and we recorded two splits um and then we just kind of picked right back up where we left off man we're we're booked on several fests and a an east coast tour and kind of a midwest tour and we're just going full steam ahead so everything's looking awesome for us so far man
0: definitely and when you guys came on the last time you all had done the it was the whip striker black knife split and then shortly mm-hmm. thereafter it was the um, the ritual moon split yeah and then you guys released murder season
4: yeah so yeah murder season was kind of a weird one for us because it came out during pandemic so it was kind of a weird one but we did happen to grow as a band during pre- pandemic because i just uh, i'm pretty annoying online and i'm just on there yelling all the time to just try to not lose that momentum that we've already been working really hard to get. And, uh, you know, who could predict, um, the way the world, the way shit happened? But, uh, we were, we were fortunate enough to keep kind of growing and just keep throwing content out there and keeping people engaged. And, uh, yeah, man. So we, we forged ahead and, uh, we're still doing our thing. And then right after that, we recorded two, like a little bit of material for two splits. Um, we weren't exactly sure if we'd be able to play any of that stuff out um, and now you know here we are so those are kind of getting released slowly out into the world um, but yeah one of them's a, the split with Pastor Cross which is you know Shiv uh, from Unchained Tapes that you know
0: yeah it's in and, my uh, hand as we speak yeah. listen to this yeah I got the tape right here <laughs>
4: hell yeah <laughs> nice so so yeah one of them was with uh with him which we're one of our actually two of our east coast uh shows we're going to do are going to be with bastard cross we were hoping to do a full-on tour with those guys but just uh semantics and everything just didn't quite work out that way but we did manage to wrangle them for two shows so we're pretty pumped on that uh new jersey and uh philly and uh, the philly show is going to be a basement show so it should just be like balls to the wall just Fucking insanity! So we're really excited for that. (laughs) So yeah,
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's straight up uh, return to the days of hardcore type shit.
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is uh...
0: awesome because you know we're both in Kentucky. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. in Louisville. You're in Lexington-ish, and Mm -hmm. that stuff kind of just doesn't happen here anymore, unless you're, you know, unless you're in a in almost like a hipster band. It seems like,
4: yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty true, man. Um, Around Lexington, I know at least there was a kind of a sweet spot time when things were kind of, you know, happening with basement shows and stuff and they just didn't. And uh, like you said, now it's just more like indie bands and that kind of stuff. So we're pretty excited to get in a basement and just like sweat it out and just fucking balls to the wall, you know, just get back to the. The, the old style of doing that. So we're, we're pretty pumped on that. But yeah, it should be fun, man. Some really, ex, uh, exciting, like insane bands just in a basement, just fucking going full throttle. So <laughs> definitely <laughs> pretty pumped I'm, for it. Yeah. I, I'm
0: so, I, I would be so interested in coming, you know, to a show that was like that because it's been forever since I've yeah. been to anything like that where, you know, you pack 50 people in somebody's either house or basement, you know, and just, <laughs> and just go all fucking out.
4: Yeah, for sure. And I have a, a house with a basement now. My buddy was like, So when you when you're doing shows, I'm like, Never, man. I love that people do it. But I'm just like <laughs> I, I just don't know if I could uh have the balls to to let people run wild through my house, but so much respect for the people that, that do that keep it alive. It's it's uh <laughs> You're absolutely awesome. right. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's cool <clears throat> so. when you're trashing somebody else's fucking place. But when it's yours well, you <laughs> don't wanna do it. I get that.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I try not to trash, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. It's uh you can't speak for everybody. Some some uh knuckleheads show up sometimes.
0: Sometimes so. things just happen like that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just gotta be the demolition man. You just do your job and things <laughs> get destroyed, right? <laughs>
4: I mean sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I think we talked about this the last time, but I want to bring this mm-hmm. back up again. Because looking at the, the Ritual Moon Split and the Bastard Cross Split and Murder Season here on the Bandcamp page, mm-hmm. did you do the artwork for these?
4: I did the, let's see, no, on those I didn't. A lot of those, um, I think I actually reached out to another artist, and, and uh, I just have a, a lot of shit going on all the time. I've gotten into screen printing our own shirts, I've gotten into, you know... Just full on booking the band all the time. And then as you know, every show needs a uh, promotional thing on like, you know, a Facebook event page, a flyer, a this or that. And so just without, you know, and two other side projects. So I'm just so busy that I, I kind of just uh, kind of outsourced it on a couple things. Okay. And uh, I have done that in the past and we will still, you know, probably do that stuff here and there and on shirts and stuff. If I ever can squeeze in time, it's just uh, finding the time to <laughs> to do it it's just been pretty uh pretty hectic so okay
0: definitely and that's pretty cool with the screen the screen printing deal yeah because i've seen Um, some of them on the instagram page where you've had some like crazy colors of things or it's like tie-dye prints or something like that was that was that a thing with you
4: um yeah it was so that's another thing we're very you know very much a diy band and have always been and stuff and very kind of rooted in that punk uh, ethos and, and whatnot but um, yeah that's that's kind of the style is lo- we were playing shows and every show you know we're selling out of shirts because it seems like people want to buy shirts more than they buy records and either way we, we appreciate all of it um, but we're just selling them and I'm like taking this money and giving it to another guy and buying shirts every time and then after a certain point I'm just like well fuck it man I'm going to look up some stuff on YouTube I'm going to take a chance I might fail I don't know <laughs> But uh, I bought some very basic screen printing stuff and just started kind of going for it. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, you know, when I'm not sweating it out, doing songs and that and this and that, I'm uh, doing like the sweatshop thing in the basement and doing like 12 hours of screen printing at a time and uh, just just uh, kind of putting it all into the, the band, you know, in one way or another. <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah.
0: Which is super cool because I've been in that in that mode before with, with Overload, you know, where uh-huh. when we had first started, I was screen printing our own shirts as well, or, like, you know, where you could afford to buy, like, you know, 10 shirts at Walmart in the in the five packs, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And you just, and they're always white shirts, and you just seem to just <laughs> run the fucking shirt, and it's just, like, one color <laughs> ink, or, or mixing the ink and just sitting there, and whatever color you get is what you get, right?
4: yeah so which I think is awesome by the way i I love playing with that stuff.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I've yeah. seen bands out there screen print their own shirts and use like uh bleach like on black mm-hmm. sweatshirts and shit like that to make to give it like this kind of weird effect as well. so yeah, the DIY thing is totally awesome to me, and it goes back to seeing things like, have you ever uh watched American hardcore? Yes, uh, I have. and okay, so you're gonna know the exact moment yeah. where I'm talking about is with mm-hmm. Henry Rollins as he talks about they were uh, cutting apart record jackets of like the Beatles and all these mm-hmm. famous people to see how the <laughs> how the jackets were made so they could run they could run their own stencils off at like kinkos.
4: Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff, man. That's, that's what I've always done. Um, since before, you know, way before Black Knife, I had a little indie label and still do that i do mostly just to release our own stuff these days but um but yeah just doing stuff at literally a bp gas stations uh xerox machine (laughs) and and it was very archaic and it looked very diy and whatever and it's kind of funny as it's full circle like kids go for that look now they're on their like million dollar computers trying to make things look like they've been done on a bp gas station printer or whatever but like but I've always, you know, it's just always been the style uh, when you just don't have a lot of money and, and yeah, you just want to get your, your music and your stuff out there, you know? It's just uh, cheaper and easier and just however you have to do it, you know?
0: Now, so. here comes the real question here. Say you've reissued any of this material. Did mm-hmm. you change when you when you could afford to do it professionally? And, and I quote professionally, you know, uh, when I say <laughs> that, like... Right. If you're able to go through like um, a disc maker's or a CD baby, or even a cheaper, you know, like easy disc or whoever out there that prints uh, CDs. Did you uh-huh. update the previous like way you did things
4: on new press of? Um. I have not, you know, I'm not really a guy that does a lot of repress of, like, old stuff. Most of that old stuff was just kind of fuck around project stuff when I, you know, I'm talking literally 20 years ago. Okay. Um, When, you know, and, and a lot of that, I really, I kind of just like throwing it out limited, and when it's gone, it's gone, and um just sort of letting it go out into the world like that. <laughs> so I, I really haven't had a lot of experience doing a lot of repress stuff, to be honest.
0: Definitely. Well, that's always interesting to me because, you know, I'm, I'm always one, you know, you know, because I love getting a band's entire discography. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be, uh, uh, I like to get it all on one type of media. Like if I can get right. everything on vinyl, I'd love to have it on vinyl. If I could get it on CDs, I'll go with that. If I could get it on tapes, like as long as I have a stitch of it, you know, I'd like to have yeah. it all on one. But I, that's what I my, have done that
4: with. Oh, sorry. No,
0: it. no, you're good. What was that?
4: Oh, I was just gonna say I've actually done that. Uh, I'm I'm a weird OCD collector, and just what you said reminded me of my bolt thrower, uh, money hole I went down where I was like, oh shit, I've got these records, but I don't have these <laughs> records. <laughs> I had to go down that rabbit hole of just getting everything, you know.
0: And, and sometimes and, uh, it's awful because like you get bands with different lineage, like Venom, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. and then you get like. Classic Venom, where it's like Abaddon, Mantis, and Kronos, and then yeah. you get like the the uh, primeval Venom with Demolition Man, Abaddon, and uh, Mantis, and then you get it when when like Kronos comes back. You see what I'm saying here? It's like you have oh, yeah. different facets of each band, and you're just like, if you have tapes of one set and records of another, and CDs of another, it's like. Fuck. I gotta, get, <laughs> I gotta consolidate this somehow. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm very much, uh, like kind of a, I like the way things, and it's probably a slight OCD thing where I, I kind of have to have the com, the completest aspect of it being like, okay, they all have to be here. And also in this format, I've got mm-hmm. this many. I'm missing 60%. It's like the shit that keeps me up at three in the morning. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, but my brain's kind of high strung like that, you know, like, I
0: definitely get it, and I definitely understand. But hey, we're going to take a real quick break. Cool. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this.
3: Soul Grinder Zine,
0: an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. I do have a question that relates back to what we just talked about with collections. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything currently that you own multiple formats of multiple collections of?
4: Uh, yes. This is the this is <laughs> this is the fucking weird one that you're not gonna maybe expect. Um, and this definitely it's, it's Miley Cyrus, isn't it? No, actually, no. It's Tom Jones. It's Tom Jones. It's just as fucking weird and random. But uh it started as a, a weird rabbit hole thing where like this weird little tick where every time I go to like any kind of uh, like thrift store or any kind of like resale place, if I see a Tom Jones record, I'm like, oh, shit, they're cheap. And I like Tom Jones and it's just background music and it started out that way and then like i said that weird like i gotta have all of this collection thing started and then it's like you're going down the discogs rabbit hole and you're looking up fucking 300 hundred dollar tom jones imports <laughs> and all this stuff and that's i won't i stopped myself there i'm like dude no like stop but it it got to a point where but i have like an obscene amount of tom jones records though it's kind of funny it's like 52 records or something so
0: it is pretty yeah. funny but it's not unusual yeah 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 hey (laughs) (laughs) see that's the one time i get to make a fucking tom jones joke here on the right
4: (laughs) yeah you were you were waiting to work that one in you're like (laughs) i hope he goes with the tom jones thing hell yeah yes
0: that's exactly what it was uh which is interesting so so you have like copies of uh of cds of that you have vinyl of of the tom jones stuff is that is that what we're getting at here
4: uh well mostly it's a vinyl thing with him I I don't have multiple formats but I just okay. have I do have duplicates of some albums because I saw them and I'm like it's a buck and like right. what if this one's scratched and this one's play you know like that's a so thrift just, it's, thing though That's yes. a,
0: that's a total record thrift shop deal where yeah. you could get a scratched copy of something and <laughs> and spend a dollar on it and it would be totally fine <laughs> because the jacket kicks ass right and, and you might have a of a, a pristine copy that you bought for three dollars and the jacket sucks so four dollars <laughs> in you have a great copy of something
4: there you go i also found a what well, i found out it was like a 70 dollars record it's a q a with tom jones which is i thought was so interesting and weird it's like question like side a you ask tom jones whatever your burning question is and then you flip side b over and he answers it and it's just like a spoken word weird and i found it for like really cheap and it's bizarre and that awesome so like of course i had to get thing. yeah <laughs> i think it was just like one of those back in the day you know and they they just etched it on the vinyl for like i guess the tom jones fan club thing or something and now it's just probably worth some amount of money so anyway just not bad, fucking random yeah
0: so what do you own multiple formats of the same collections of
4: uh slayer records a lot of that um because I had a lot of those on tape and CD Slayer has always been my like undisputed like them and early simple tour, like favorite thrash stuff. And then later on I'm like, well, I don't have it on vinyl. So now I have to have it on vinyl and it goes down that whole rabbit hole. Um So I'd have to say Slayer is probably the biggest one.
0: Right on. Yeah. I, I have, you know, I'm a, like with the Metallica stuff, I've got multiple copies mm-hmm. of things on CD on vinyl I have the enti- I know I have the entire discography on both C D and Vinyl. And mm-hmm. I have certain I have multiple copies of certain albums on vinyl. Like kill 'em all. Because yeah. like I have an I have a ninety four C D which is the first but but they don't want to tell you is that's the first time it was actually remastered. Mm-hmm. And then you know you get like the the 2008 Warner Brothers remastering, and you get the box set, and so yeah, I totally get yeah, yeah what you're saying with that. So, which is totally cool because mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a thing of like okay, do I want to take the CD and listen to the CD, or am I going to stay at home and listen to the the deal? And I'm sure you get digital copies of everything as well.
4: Yeah, well, I call it the car copy because that's where I do a lot of my CD listening and i'm buying a lot more cds these days because uh, i moved outside of lexington and i listened to metal forge as i told you before because i've got that commute now and i right. get to uh, i look forward to like checking out the new episodes and and then of course any new thing that comes out i'll grab the cd just to have for the car and then i'll probably still get the record you know if i see the band support the band and grab the vinyl and all that stuff but uh but yeah cd is the the car copy in my opinion now so that's the how oh, that's working for me
0: <laughs> you know that's the thing that i love about Bandcamp is mm-hmm. that you when you buy a cd a tape a record 98 percent of your of the people you buy from will throw and even on some actual like merchandise some shirts patches etc a lot of people will throw in a digital copy of the album yeah which i absolutely we- love that
4: I, I, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I love, uh, you know, just paying it forward to the fans like that. That's really cool.
0: Right. And, and so. while some people, you know, I think, uh, I saw a post the, uh, here the other day about the, the revenue share type shit from Bandcamp. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've probably seen me railing about that a little bit too. Yeah. And I don't want to come off like Lars or anything and being too whatever, but there, there's got to be somewhere in between here and there, you know, to where I don't, mind if they take a little bit of whatever because they have a business to run and that's fair enough and all that but like with us i don't know if we're just you know we fucked up on our settings somewhere i don't know but it seems like about every third or fourth purchase they just take all of it see that i'm just like that's weird that's weird yeah that's that's kind of fucked yeah, and, uh, I'm just is. like I don't know, man. <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe I don't see it because we hardly sell any fucking thing on Bandcamp.
4: But you know, <laughs> well, you know, we're not we're not selling like hand over fist on there or anything like that. But you know, you do notice when you're, you know, you sell an entire like a twenty dollars something, and they're like, oh, we're keeping it, but just because tax. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's a little little weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. But I mean, I would much rather use Bandcamp than, like Spotify, mm-hmm.
4: oh yeah, and, and you know, and for all my bitching and everything i'm I'm still gonna use it because it's trusted, and it's a way for you know more than anything, it's an easiest way for people to get your stuff right now, and that's who we care about's the fans exactly. and we're not obsessed about the money end of it anyway. It's just something I do grumble about every now and then as I'm just like, dude, like really, like definitely, you know, but so I
0: want to go ahead and ask you some other questions here before we're before we kick out today. And I know we okay. you know we've been here 20 minutes, but you know it's cool. It's been an awesome awesome ride so far. You know, you mentioned playing some festival shows. Yeah. And this has always been like a thing for me as I've gotten older. You know, <laughs> it, and I'm not sure how old you are. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're near the same age and stuff. But when I was growing up, the festival shows were a day You know, unless it was a super big event like a Woodstock or some shit like that, uh, maybe, I mean, even I believe Lollapalooza's were maybe only a day then, too. But, like, now we're in the world of three- and four-day festivals. Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about stuff like that?
4: Oh, exhausted, old. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. I always have fun when I go to them, but I'm also like by day four, day whatever, I'm like, fuck, I'm just like, that's a lot of getting your ass kicked and jumping around. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Like we were saying, and I'm like, dude, I remember we went to the Hell's Head Bash two in particular. I have the poster right here. So it, it can, uh, give me the date. It was September 4th, 2015. And it was a couple days and uh, Jesus Christ, dude, it was at the Agora and Cleveland and the AC stopped working. Oh, shit. Oh, I don't know if they ever had AC, actually. It's like an old building. And dude, yeah, <laughs> by like day, you know, whatever, it was just like we were drinking, but people couldn't even get drunk because they were just sweating it out, which I don't even drink now, but then I did. And um but yeah, it's like we were so fucking dehydrated and drinking so much that people couldn't even like get buzzed. And they were just people, just like just pouring sweat everywhere. It's just like a lot at one point, you know.
0: It so. almost makes it uncomfortable, is what I'm, I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah, here.
4: right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I so. went to Louder Than Life for one day, and uh, I and it was at the end of September of last year, and I felt like I was going to die then, and it, just because yeah. it was, it was just so long of a day when music starts at you know twelve in the afternoon and goes until midnight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not a spring chicken either, but to me, like, I get like the whole thing of wanting to spend three and four days, but mm-hmm. like, I just for one, I can't justify the cost.
4: Yeah, they, I, I get why they're asking that and stuff because you you got bands with guarantees, I'm sure, and and just you know, paying to have bands flown in and blah blah blah. But yeah, it is. It's a lot, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, especially if you're going, if you're flying somewhere and you have to pay for like flight, hotel, like an all in cost, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, I really would have loved to have gone to Psycho Las Vegas this year, like Warthogs playing, Merciful Fate, all these fucking really sick bands, but I'm just like, man, like I'm already asking off to do my own tours, my own stuff. And then you're talking flying to the other side of the United States, hotel, you know, it's, it's a lot. So I get that.
0: It absolutely is and then again you know you depending on the airline you choose you've really got to watch it because you know if you're flying like a legion or anything like that you mm-hmm. you know it might be a late flight and you might miss part of the show
4: yeah which yeah, sucks man. To uh, you. this is true i remember i saw a legendary show with uh, motorhead dio and iron maiden and i missed part of motorhead's set oh. because the guys at the door only the first and last time i saw motorhead and they were like patting people down at the door, doing the whole security thing. And I was just like, what? I was like, dude, I am fucking missing Motorhead right now. Like they're on stage. Like, let's go. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than that. Like when you get in, you've missed like something you drove, you paid, you, you got a hotel, you did the whole thing. You know, it's, uh, nothing worse than that than having to actually miss it after that, you know?
0: Oh, for sure. And what a so, lineup that was. Yes motorhead dio and maiden i'm not a huge dio fan personally but you know Mm -hmm. i am a a massive motorhead fan and a massive iron maiden fan but fuck you know that's insanity
4: uh absolutely man and you know you've made it when motorhead opens for you that's i was always like my my key takeaway with that i was like motorhead because it was one of those i'm like who's opening i mean i you know Maiden's not going to open, and all this and that. But I'm like, fuck, dude, Motorhead is the opening band, you know. Like that's just says so much about your your level of success when Motorhead's opening for you, <laughs> oh, you know. For sure. You so know. yeah, you, you know, know, that's but.
0: always an interesting thing to me too. Is like it must have been really weird for Lemmy to write songs that people made famous. Yeah, like yeah. Ozzy, for example, <laughs> mm-hmm. or do like the the garage ink thing where uh Metallica had did the Motorhead EP where they did the four Motorhead songs in in uh yeah. in prep for Lemmy's 50th birthday and then they release it so they got to pay the royalties on whatever they're going to sell of that it's yeah. like i could only imagine like how much money he made off of other people playing his music Oh it, yeah! Than Motorhead actually did, and and don't get me wrong, you know Motorhead still has done a ton of sales, but when it comes to people like Ozzy and and Metallica doing your shit, I mean mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a whole lot fucking more. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, man. I actually just watched, uh, some kind of monster literally yesterday for the first time. I've never seen it. Wow. I heard about it forever. I've, I've never, yeah, I finally got around to watching it and I was just like, holy shit. But the one part where they, they got the new base guy and they're signing him on and they're like, here's a million dollars just to. Sign up, and you know they make that kind of money. But when they're just saying that kind of stuff out loud, they're like, "Hey, man, this is a just a startup, just to get you going. Buy you some new clothes and whatnot. Here's a bill." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, and then it just really pre- puts into perspective, like the level, you know. And you know that, like, you know, on paper, but it's pretty wild just to think about that level of. And
0: and then know. they proceed to tell him, "But your vote is only going to count for twenty percent. All right, you won't get a you won't get a full voting." Uh, you won't get to vote as a full member until a certain yeah. time, and yeah. and they renegotiated where each person ended up getting twenty five percent, and the the management company Q Prime was the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I it's mean, like yeah. wow, it's like dude that yeah. that movie to me, I I saw that like shortly after it came out, mm-hmm. and I have such a fond memory of going to South by Southwest in 2004. And my drummer and keyboard player at the time went to go see it, but I decided to go to a show instead. And my drummer, he, he just like, he's like, dude, it's bad. Like they (laughs) they are like at each other's throats. He's like, we can't, we cannot talk to each other the way we, the way we do anymore because we're going to end up like them like yeah, hate, hate, like it's the the adage of uh hating hating the people you play with but you do it just to make some money
4: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a really wild dynamic to watch man because i like i said i'd heard of it forever and never actually got to sit down and watch it until it was on netflix and i was like oh, fuck it i'll you know seen it around forever and and uh, checked it out and i'm just like jesus christ it blows your mind yeah. to think like they're just on that, that level of like millions of dollars. They've got this, this, uh, you know, guy that's like their psychiatrist that's there that they pay, you know, 40,000 a month, I think they said. Yes, Just to be, just to be grand. in the, just to be in the room and tell them to be nice to each other and stuff. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, it's just such a like machine at that point, you know?
0: Yeah. 40, so. 40 fucking thousand dollars. Dude, that's <laughs> insanity. That's yeah. more than some people make in a year
4: yeah and it was funny when they fire him and they're like we're done with you and he's like now guys let's talk it out let's it. I'm like yeah you I of course you, you want to talk it out yeah I don't yeah, think. You're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but anyway
0: but that whole deal is like insane to me not like the whole therapist thing because I you know yeah I, I'm totally an advocate for mental health and all of that sure. shit and everything yeah and you know not being a, a fucking absolute dick okay yeah absolutely uh, to people but like, just what you said, some of the shit that's in there is just
4: like, what? Really? <laughs> it, it's a, it's really wild when they pull the curtain back and you get to kind of just see their, oh the, yeah. what they're dealing with. They're like, man, you know what? I've got to get on a fucking jet ski and think about this on a private island for a while. I'll get back to you in six months. And I'm like, what? It's just, it's so fucking just like wild. You know, yeah, one of the
0: one of the funny things about that, though, is they talk about we're like, well, what's Jason's uh, like the MTV icon moment. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what's Jason's involvement in all this? And the person from fucking either. I don't know if he was from Q Prime or if he was from MTV or whoever he was. He's like, well, as far as I'm concerned, he lost his icon status when he quit Metallica. It's like, yeah, Whoa.
4: it's like, come <laughs> and on. They're all high fiving each other and laughing. And they're like, huh, fuck that guy. And he's been in the band for like all these years. I was like, Jesus, man, like there's some there's some cold dudes, man. They just they were like, fuck him. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, the, the, the odd Christ. thing
0: about this is. Is Rob Trujillo now has been yeah. in a band longer than Cliff and Jason combined.
4: Yeah, it's wild to think about that way, but yeah, you're right. I mean, time gets by, man. It's kinda crazy to think that uh think of it that way, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's
0: it's weird stuff, you know. I kinda <laughs> wish Slayer would do something like an like a video like that. Like a like a tell all <laughs> video uh
4: of Slayer. Uh, yes and no i mean it would be kind of cool from a fly on the wall perspective but it's it's. i've seen some stuff with tom mariah where he's like yeah but all this uh aside i want to thank my lord and savior jesus christ and i was like the fucking record skipped and i was like wait a minute dude like and i don't know there's a separation of you know your art the art and the artist and you know there's escapism involved and you can you know it's art you can do whatever and say this but mean that but like really dude like My Lord and Savior, you know, and I'm like, all right, dude, I don't know. And I was like, I didn't really need to know that he was like a hardcore Christian at one point, or it's kind of like when some of the Ramones came out being like very right wing. Oh, yeah. Pro whatever. And I, I don't know, man. It's like when you see behind the curtain sometimes a little bit, you're like, whoa. What yeah, the fuck? it's damaging.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. damaging. Yeah.
4: And I'm going to go with
0: the same thing with Dave Mustaine in in recent years. He became mm-hmm. a born-again Christian. Now he's a super right-wing fucking what, whatever you want to call him. I'm <laughs> right. going to say nut job. Yeah. <laughs> it's safe uh, to say. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's just like, Come on, Dave. Peace fucking sells, but who's buying? And, and you're going to be this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, Come dude. on, man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Aside from all the political uh, shit. Uh,
3: have fun opening for 500 death lunch, Dave.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, so... <laughs> that we have derailed you realize
4: that? <laughs> just oh, yeah whatever
0: <laughs> i mean that's one thing i like about this 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 episode is that it's a lot of laughs so far at least from where i'm yeah, man.
5: standing <laughs> yeah dude i mean it's all about having fun Talk so to you. welcome to the night you think you know night demon Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to The
0: Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, a uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro-wrestling! 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only. So give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. We're not spring chickens anymore. We don't like the four-day festivals. Yes, yes. Okay, so with everything out in the world today, media-wise, I know you're a busy guy, and so on and so forth. Do you get mm-hmm. into the things like the Star Wars TV shows and Stranger Things and stuff like that?
4: Uh, yeah, that's usually when you know me and the wife we we have our stories, our story time, and I can really be an old man um, and tell my age when I, I do that. But but yeah, that's when we're you know our time when we kind of hang out and just get to catch up on on bullshit I'm a, I'm a huge star trek nerd actually that's my thing um star trek whatever and, and so you know maybe more so than the wars um so that's my thing i watch every episode of every all of it and i've seen every star trek related to everything and so there's new star trek stuff out now and i've been watching a lot of that hell
0: yeah just
4: total total geek shit you know definitely but
0: yeah. i recently watched picard and yeah i, I did was like i was like holy
4: shit it was awesome i loved it
0: yeah i can't wait for season three and i Same. know it's gonna be the last season of it mm-hmm. and i understand why but it's like oh come on but it's just so yeah. fucking, it's just so fucking good
4: it is man and it's i like that they gave him his own kind of like standalone thing it's part of star trek but it's removed it's kind of its own thing it, it's pretty pretty awesome
1: I
0: I agree, and if anybody out there listening today is a fan of it and has not watched it yet, I am definitely recommending it because you definitely need
4: to watch it. I can back that.
0: (laughs) So I haven't started watching uh, Strange New Worlds. How is that?
4: It's pretty awesome so far. It's uh, the dude from uh, Hell on Wheels, the guy that plays Bohannon or whatever. Right. Um, That dude is uh, Captain Pike. And like a whole new thing, they've still got Spock involved, but like a different captain. And it's pretty cool. It's a lot of like different away missions and, and weird shit like that, where they're on these new planets with like the fancy HD newest technology that we have now to make it all cool and everything. So it's a fun watch. It's it's, uh, it's a good way to waste the time, you know?
0: <laughs> Definitely. So it's actually like yeah. a pickup of like the episodes leading up to the pilot episode of the original series then.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's kind of pre Kirk type stuff. So
0: definitely because I know in the pilot episode, you still have Captain Pike.
4: Yeah. And so what's kind of cool is they, they sort of intro, um, Kirk, but he's just like this like geeky dude that's just there. He's got like a little pencil mustache and he's just in the room and they're like, Oh yeah, that's Ensign Kirk or whatever he is at that point. So he's like working his way toward that still. So it's kind of cool. It's sort of a backstory deal that's awesome
0: yeah, yeah. Um uh, when i was out in hollywood last uh almost two months ago now um uh, that was one of the things that we had um uh, we did the celebrity death tour type thing where we went mm-hmm. to a few different cemeteries and got to see anton yelchin's grave oh nice from you know the newer star trek films yeah the uh, well, chris pine films
4: That's that's badass, man. Yeah, I'm going to be we're actually Black Knife is going to the West Coast for the first time for the band and me ever next year, too. So pretty excited for that. Yeah. So we've already got some L.A. stuff in the works and get on the early hype train for that, I guess. For sure. Um, So what do you all (laughs) got
0: going on out there if you can if you can uh, let the cat out of the bag?
4: Uh, well, it's going to be at least a year out, but we're going to just do a a few shows out there. Um, so yeah, we've kind of just been throwing little, little hints here and there. And I guess just, uh, kind of letting the cat out a little bit, but yeah, nothing really hardcore in stone, but we, we've definitely been making some contacts and friends that out there who have been wanting us to come play and, we're pretty excited, man. I've never been to the West Coast. I've only been to uh, the Midwest and the East with my old band and stuff. So as far as me personally, I have never been. So we're going to do a lot of, like, vacation touristy stuff, which I know you just did pretty recent. So oh, yeah. um, and I'm excited to try that out myself. So, And,
0: and you know, it, it's a completely other world there. And that's one of the things I've really liked about the dynamic shift after COVID, especially in Louisville. Mm-hmm. is a lot of our shows here used to end at, like, 2 in the morning and shit like that.
3: <laughs> right.
0: Which, don't get me wrong, on a Friday, that's not bad. But, like, yeah. when you're playing at 2 in the morning in a bar that's open till 4, it it's hardcore. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so Louisville has always been kind of a late town. But, you know, yeah. when when we played in LA 10 years ago, it was just, like, 11.30 and, like, the whiskey's like shutting down and shit yeah. like that. It's like it's not going huh. past like midnight or nothing. And yeah, you have the the you can tell it's like the the vampire crowd that's drinking at the <laughs> Rainbow at eleven thirty, yeah, because everybody's turning in and shit. It's like it's not in certain places. It's not a super late town, you know.
4: Which that's I've really always weird.
0: which I've always thought is be, awesome. Oh, yeah, I was
4: gonna say that's kind of the opposite of what I would think. You would think like. You know, LA, they're just fucking partying all night, and the <laughs> doing city all that, that kind never of stuff. sleeps, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. For, uh, I mean, that's one thing that I, I've I've loved about going out there is like, you know, it's not super. It's not a super late town when it comes to doing things. You you do a lot of stuff during the day, and mm-hmm. you you get to relax a lot at night, and it's chill at night. Yeah, that's pretty cool to me.
4: That, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think Lexington's slowly getting that way. I know a couple of years ago it was like, man, like shit's not even starting until midnight kind of thing, and then it's like eleven, you know, twelve at night before stuff even begins, like sound check and stuff at <laughs> like midnight. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, dudes, all right, guys, like you know. So it it was always kind of a late town too. I feel like though here these days things are kind of getting a little more streamlined and stuff, so it's kind of cool that way as well.
0: Hell yeah, that's awesome. So, outside of, you know, touring and stuff like that, doing, like you said, you're going to go there to do some vacationing as well, you know, like, always, like, hey, look, it's the Hollywood sign, or it's the Chinese theater, and or it's the fucking Viper Room, you know? I mean, if you could vacation anywhere, where would you want to go vacation at?
4: Uh, I would, well, if I could just go anywhere, probably Tokyo. Um, That's, like, a dream destination that I would just love to go and just take it all in and just have the sensory overload. Um, you know, I've never traveled abroad. That was another thing. Um, right before COVID, we got our, my uh, wife and I got our passports and we were like, fuck it. We're not getting any younger. It's, you know, it's not the moon. It's attainable. You just have to save money and save, uh, you know, money and plan. And so we did, we saved a bunch of money. we were going to plan and then COVID hit and we were going to go to France. That was going to be our first uh, out of the country, thing and i think we end up buying a privacy fence uh for our loud annoying neighbors (laughs) and just like that was it that was you know wait um, a second so
0: it pumped the brakes partner wait a second did you just say our loud and annoying neighbors
4: (laughs) (laughs) i did so yeah (laughs) well see here's the thing about being an old guy uh, so I've got these neighbors. I don't care how loud you are or what you want to do. You can stand on your head and like shove beer up your ass. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> just do it in your house. This kid, I had like this kid that lived next door to me who did it in his driveway all day, every day. Like he never went inside. Like even in the winter, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You're like trying to watch TV or something and like your pictures are falling off the wall. And this dude's blasting like Freebird. He had outdoor oh. speakers and he would just play like this real annoying douchey shit. And I was like, dude, like, and everybody used to joke about, dude, fucking set Black Knife up in the back porch and start firing back. I'm like, no, dude, they'll want to come over and party. They'll think we're, you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to, like, engage with these people. <laughs> so, like, Especially so it's just funny because I was totally the part. old man yelling off his back porch, I like, fucking turn your shit down, kids. Like, that, you know, like. It was so funny, though, but, like, yeah, they were just, like, all hours of the night, and these days I'm sober, too, so it, it hits a little different when you're you're older, you're sober, and you're like, fuck, dude, I'm just trying to, like, watch TV, I've been working all day, you know, so. Oh, 100%, but. man. Yeah.
0: You know, that's, like, when, back in February, at the uh, High Spirit Savage Master Black Knife show that I went to, Yeah, that was just, like i i totally wanted to drink and i'm just like but i don't want to drink you know it's like yeah what? it's like <laughs> I, I, it's like what do, i'm it's like i'm at a bar what do i do it's like <laughs> yeah and, and you know yeah, i had weird. an hour an hour drive home and shit like that after the show and it's just like mm-hmm. fuck what do i do it's like
4: fuck it give me a red bull <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, at least i yeah. can pretend
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that whole, like, what do I do with my hands? That thing. Yeah. I remember, like, I would go to a bar and we played our first shows and stuff, and I kind of cut alcohol out, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. I'm just like walking around with, like, a, uh, a seltzer water or something, just feeling like a weirdo, but I don't know, man. You do it enough. It becomes muscle memory, just like the other did, you know, and it doesn't even, I don't even think about it now, but, but, uh, there for a while, it is kind of weird. You don't know, you know, you're, you're in that world, but you're, Kind of new to it again, and you don't, you know, it's a whole thing. It's like
0: seltzer water, like you said. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> it's, it still tastes like shit. It just doesn't have alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: You still wince, just the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like one of the, yeah. Oh. No. The but, uh, that and ginger beer. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, and that's one of the things, too, that like I, I, I got COVID back in October of last year. Mm-hmm. And I cut out all soda, like diet, regular, whatever. I just cut out all soda. And yeah, along with most alcohol consumption. Yeah. And it's, it's been a completely different year. And, you know, I know like Gary Holt, he, they just did the, the main leg of the, uh, the Bay Strikes Back tour. Mm-hmm. He's been just about a year sober. Like yeah. he did that. He, I know he posted at the end of the tour, it was like 300 days that he had done, you know, like 300 days sober or something like that. And it was his first actual tour without yeah. doing any kind of alcohol or drugs or anything. Yeah. It's, and, he was, uh, it's, and he was just like, holy shit, this is like an eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. me, that's crazy because it's like, dude's close to 60, right? <laughs> and it's like, it, in all actuality, it's like, have, I wanted to ask him, it's like, have you ever done a tour at all without being trashed at least one time?
4: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, and just being in that world, especially the thrash, it's the culture, man. You're in a thrash band, you drink heavy, you play fast, you you know, and that's just the culture. And, uh yeah, that was me for about 17 years, and I'm coming up on four years sober myself. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it was a good thing for me, man. It, it's, there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with any of that for whoever you just have to kind of do what works for you. Right. And, uh, for me, it worked just to kind of like cut it out all together. And so it's, uh, that's why I'm, you know, drawing, you know, stuff for album layouts and screen printing shirts and writing a thousand songs and doing all this. Cause I've got all that, that very dialed in energy now. That uh, instead of like doing what I was doing before, I'm pretty focused on just that laser beam of uh, busy hands, not knowing what to do with them, sober guy energy, you know, really? but uh, it's been it's been very beneficial, you know,
0: definitely, so. I, I totally get that. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com.
4: Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at Maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson.
0: We also have basses. We've got ukuleles.
1: We've got drums.
2: We've got sound gear.
1: We've got keyboard. It's gonna get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. Oh,
3: yeah, you that <laughs>
1: we have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted Coke off of a seventy eight pento? No? <laughs> you know, ain't a no- man weird questions <laughs> who had a bigger cocaine habit
0: jock sutherland or Kaywood ledford neither one because they stopped beating their wives
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and weird we never even thought of well no my friend is on
3: acid and i sent my friend to go find a payphone so that i can call and turn myself in for
0: murdering this guy and ruin my life <laughs> we love all types of people but we don't love all people
1: no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> weird That's it's gonna is. get weird is the name of the podcast available everywhere and thank you to big exports radio for being a proud sponsor of it's gonna get weird frank green scott clark yeah
0: in the next year what is a goal you want to set and try and reach for black knife or yourself personally
4: okay so for i've got a couple year goals in place already so this one this year we want to do midwest and east coast as much as we can um, next year our goal is to get out on the west coast and get on more fests which we're already booked on some west coast stuff and on about four or five fests already and so the following the third year money pending hopefully my three-year goal is to get us outside of the united states or hopefully maybe even earlier i don't know but you know that's that's a pretty expensive jaunt that's one i've never done like i said so Baby steps, you know, but that's uh, that's kind of where we're at and, and what we're hoping to do, and we'll, we'll just kind of see how it goes. but <clears throat> Absolutely, which yeah. is something that is
0: totally fucking awesome to be able to do. Like, I see a lot of these bands that have been on the Metal Forge over the last few years and seeing them doing, like, You know, keep it true and, Mm -hmm. and shows in Germany and Greece and the, and just going overseas and just playing on like a, you know, a 14 day tour and stuff like that. And just being like, wow, dudes, that's fucking awesome. And, yeah. And for me, I think I, I told some friends this here the other day was, you know, I really want to over the next 18 months. So by the beginning of 2024, I Mm -hmm. I want to have enough money saved to where I could I could go to one of these festival shows in not necessarily like a Bloodstock but maybe like like a Keep It True or something like that overseas and you know get to see get to see you know the motherland of Ireland and shit like that
4: yeah yeah that would be extremely rad man that's uh that's the goal you know that's what I was I'm really hoping to do and I always love when I see people you know especially local guys doing it like nick burks i know we were talking i heard you on your last episode talking about him a little bit um over there right now i think you know just uh, yeah, over there with, with War Cloud playing and stuff and they're uh kentucky boys like us so i think that's uh pretty fucking rad man and it's attainable you know just like we were saying it's it's doable it's just saving and planning and and just kind of grinding it out but it always makes you uh you're happy to see you know when you see some some dude you know out there doing it oh absolutely
0: so, it, it's totally cool. And, and, you know, what I think is really awesome is I saw some bands that are going on tour and their tour starts here. I think it started the just here on the 1st of June. Mm-hmm. And so they're a couple of weeks in now. And about two to three weeks prior to the festi- er, festival shit, to the tour start, they put up like a GoFundMe with a super attainable goal of like, you know, a couple grand you know, whatever, and said, Hey guys, we're going back on tour, uh, with the unexpected gas prices. If you feel like you want to contribute, here's some things that we can offer you to, to contribute to our tour expense and, and just did it. And both of these bands had, had got it. And it's just like, wow, dude, that's really cool. The, The community cares enough about bands today that can go on tour and, And still have to pay, you know, on the upwards of, you know, five dollars or more a gallon in gas. I think that I think it's pretty much that close everywhere now, Mm
4: -hmm. and
0: you know, and still be able to go on tour and rock the fuck out for people.
4: Yeah, I think that's so cool, man. And and everywhere you go, you definitely see that camaraderie and people and. And, uh, this last, you know, little bit with black knife, we've been able to get out more than we have in the past and go further and push ourselves further, you know, traveling farther than we have before and stuff. And I want to just keep pushing that, but it doesn't matter where you go. It's just really cool that they're, you know, there are like-minded weirdos just like us that are just like in every city. And there's an overall just a camaraderie that's just, it's fucking cool, man. And it's, uh, you know, it's just what keeps you coming back. So it's just fucking awesome to see.
0: Definitely dude. Hellwolf, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week for this Reforged episode. It has been awesome because it's just catching up, you know, cause that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to do more of these. So hopefully here in the next few months, you'll be, uh, you'll be up for doing another one.
4: I would be happy to, man. I'm a I'm a big fan, as you know. I listen all the time, and I'm glad, glad to be that. had. So, yeah, man, thank you,
0: definitely. So, on the way out today, I'm gonna play a song from the Black Knife Bastard Cross Split. I'm gonna play "I Am a Fucking Demon," and well, actually, you know what? Fuck it, we'll just play them both. How's that? Because it's like three and it's like four minutes, but for the for the both of them. So we're going to play I Am a Fucking Demon and Edge of the Knife. Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the down and dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. you'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So, visit patreon.com slash metalforge radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.